Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today we have with us Christina Woods. Christina is a licensed rapid transformational therapist, clinical hypotherapist, empowerment coach, and Reiki master. She combines her background in corporate leadership along with her life experiences in dealing with trauma and abandonment to empower other women to trust their intuition and set themselves free of self-doubt. And she is the CEO and founder of Wise Woods Hypnotherapy and Coaching. Welcome, Christina. It's great to have oh, you. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Um, do you just deal with women or, or do you deal with everybody? I deal primarily with women, but I definitely work with everyone. So I have male clients, I have some children, lots of teenagers, so, but primarily women, okay. um, adult women. Yeah. Okay. And why is that? You know, I, I think I had struggled so much and made so many changes um, in my late forties as I was approaching 50. And I resonate so much with women who, you know, wanted to do the right thing and be the perfect mother and did everything that they thought they were supposed to do. And I went to college, got married, two kids, the dog, all these things. And I just, something wasn't working. Something wasn't right. And I had to really, really pretty much flip my life upside down to, to find myself and find happiness. And I just find that so many women struggle with people pleasing and no boundaries and work like a dog and yet trying to still be the perfect mom. And, and they're not happy and their, their body starts to fall apart. Their health starts to fall apart and they don't know where they went wrong. So, you know, that's, I, I just really can connect with that. Okay. And of course I love helping, you know, anyone. Right. Right. You know, people often ask me um, if the majority of my practice is women and I say, absolutely not. Um, sometimes it's, I have more men than women and mm. often it's very balanced, but uh, the issues of boundary setting, people pleasing, you know, I see it a lot in men as well. I'm not saying that you, that you're saying, yeah, I do too. Right. right. So, um, you know, I really kind of see it equal, but women are, they tend to reach out more than men do. They do. They do. And, you know, hypnotherapy can be isn't everyone's go-to first. They, they often will go to it after they've tried other types of therapy or tried other types of even medical treatments or things. It, it, sometimes if, if they're into alternative types of therapy or methods or energy healing, they will go to it, but it's typically like, wow, I've tried so many other things and I'm, I, nothing's working and, and then they'll knock on the door. So, um, yeah, you have to be open-minded, right. To try something that isn't so mainstream. It's becoming more and more. Luckily, I'm really happy about that. I've been there and done that. Actually. Yeah, great, great. I'm glad to hear <laughs> that. Exactly what you know what you said. So today we're going to focus on setting boundaries at any age with anybody. Um, how does hypnosis help with that? Well, hypnosis allows us to access 
parts of our, our mind through, you know, a very natural, a natural process, parts of our mind that we, you know, it's our subconscious, our, our under the iceberg, under the water part that, that we're not even necessarily aware of. So it's our ability to just quiet our conscious mind, our critical mind, our logical mind, and find out, all right, what's, what's, the reason for the patterns, what's the reason for what's blocking us from accessing and being able to live to our full potential or put ourselves first or, you know, go to bed on time and eat healthy and say no when we really have too much on our plate. So we're able to ask our mind these questions like what what is the root cause and reason and particularly the type of hypnotherapy I do rapid transformational therapy, our focus is to get to the very, very root of what, what is the root? What's the cause of this instead of, all right, let's just cover it up and give you some affirmations and some things that will make you feel better and certainly can change your behavior. We really want to do the digging and find out what is the root so we can dig it up and make sure it never comes back again. And to do that, we really got to go in and ask some questions about when it first started. And when you quiet the logic, the part that says, no, 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 I don't do that. Or no, I, I already healed that part. I already went to therapy when I was 15 and healed that part or when I was 20 or, you know, I don't, I don't date those kind of people anymore. Mm-hmm. When we can quiet that part and really, you know, go in there and, and figure out some things, um, the mind knows exactly where to go. So it, it allows us and, and hypnotherapy also allows us to be very open to suggestions and that's where the power is because we're all very open to suggestions when we're in this certain state and we can make some very rapid changes. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, so you do, your work is sort of the direct uh, route. Hypnosis, hypnotherapy is the direct route to the issue rather than them having to push back the cognitive stuff and the repetitive stuff and the limiting beliefs and everything like that and push them back so that they can hear it. So you're saying, yeah. you know, you go directly there, right? Because when yeah. I work with people, this is what the, the, the issue is. This is what the, the protocol is, is to get all that away, put it in the back, make it, you know, oh, yeah. background and not in the foreground. And then we put, you know, better things in the foreground. But I love the fact that you have this way of getting directly to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just so common for people to say, um, you know, and, and you see the same thing. It's like, I know I shouldn't do that. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know, emotions trump logic. And I think we get frustrated with ourselves and we get upset with ourselves and we think we're doing something wrong or we're weak or we have no motivation when really there's just so much more to unpack and understand about ourselves and where we can have so much more compassion. Right. And it is those thoughts of, self-deprecation self-blame that keep us in a holding pattern so right so yeah yeah so when i hear people saying that i'm like it's if you're you know we've got to get those messages out you've got to be super kind to yourself and start saying good things to yourself and pay attention to what you're saying because absolutely you're keeping yourself in pain yeah yeah you nailed it right um okay so I'll let you tell us what your 
ex, uh, definition of boundaries are? <clears throat> well, first and foremost, boundaries are about self-care and self-love and really respecting what what our needs are but you have to know what your needs are first and so many people and and I was raised you know I know you specialize in in narcissistic abuse that was my life and I did not even know I had needs I wasn't allowed to have needs so boundaries what that didn't there were no boundaries when you aren't allowed to have needs. Everybody else's needs come first to survive. So, so it's about first and foremost, understanding you are allowed to have needs. Needs are important. They're, 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 they're your divine right to have needs and whether you're a mother and yes, you can have needs first. Of course, when an infant is small and you're taking care of someone who, who can't take care of themselves, um, you know, yes, yes, yes. And the whole thing about putting the oxygen mask on first, and we know all these things we've heard, but really at the end of the day, boundaries are about self-love and self-care and understanding that we do all have needs and they all have to become our first priority. And, and it, you know, I teach a lot about internal and external boundaries because I think our society goes around saying, you know, you've got to be able to stand up and say no and at work say, I can't do that. But, you know, the, the best kind of boundaries are the kind that you don't even really need words. It's just, what are you available for? in your life and what are you not available for? And I know I used to be available in my corporate life. I definitely was available for everybody bringing me everything. And they just knew I would stay up until two in the morning and do it and fly across the country the next day and come back and do my kid's birthday party and fly out on Sunday and fly, you know, just craziness. And I was completely available for that. I had made that my energy and that was the expectation. I was available for it. I didn't need to say a word. And, and so now I'm not available for this. <laughs> no one right. needs to say anything. Um, you know, my partner now <laughs> knows what I'm available for and what I'm not. And so those unspoken boundaries and, you know, one of the greatest fears in all of us is rejection. And that has also a, a huge foundation in how we build our boundaries because there's, it's a primal need, our primitive brain. No one wants to have, you know, feel rejected. Right. We needed to be accepted for survival when we're, you know, when we're, when we're born, when we're growing up and it's still a primal need for us not to be rejected. So we have to understand that that's in there and depending where we are in our growth and in, in our, our self-love, that could be a lot more raw for some of us than others. So you know, those are probably the pillars where I start with boundaries, mm -hmm. um, because if we have a fear of being rejected, there's no way our boundary is going to feel safe. Right. Exactly. I have a really simple formula that I have people use in pretty much every situation. And it just goes like this, me or them. Mm. So I love it. I love right. it. Every, every it. situation, it's like, am I going to take care of me and protect me? Or am I going to sacrifice me for them? And it should always be me. Absolutely. You know, and, and so you're, you're absolutely right. But do, people do fear rejection. And they think by not setting boundaries, people will like them better. 
but it really is the opposite. And I know, because I grew up in a home like yours, um, and there's no boundaries. It's full access all the time. They yeah. want access to your thoughts, to your life, to your to your personal growth. They want access to everything. So mm-hmm. boundaries are an absolute no-no. Um, and we grow up thinking that we shouldn't have them. But healthy people have boundaries. They sure and do. I found that I was a doormat until I started having boundaries, you know, and you get more respect when you have them. You right? sure do. Yeah. And when you don't have boundaries and people around you do have boundaries, that you don't even recognize them. You're almost offended that someone has boundaries because they're not familiar to you. Right. I know, you know, my my first husband, it was he had healthy boundaries. And to me, it was like him pushing me away. But now I can see so clearly, you know, he was putting himself first and, and going out for a surf or going out for a run. And that was a healthy thing to do. To me, it was like, oh, what you're doing? So what that, that, that was not familiar to me. So, you know, once, once someone starts to even see in hypnotherapy, I think they have to first see that they 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 have a fear of rejection that they do lack that self love and why because if you have no awareness of it so we have, we have to have to start with that starting point and then from there we have to build it and make it familiar and so hypnotherapy is a very very quick way and it allows us to kind of zoom out and have that third eye perspective and really look at the the inner child or the different archetypes or um, look at that inner parent and really just have compassion and see it from a different perspective and say, wow, I never, I never saw it that way. Cause once you see it from a different perspective and you move the logic and all the noise out of the way, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to see, wow, I, I can see why at five or 10, I felt that way. And that made sense at that age. And, and I can see why I still think that way and feel that way now. Okay, great. Now we can move to change it, but we first got to see it and get the, you know, the foundation. Yeah. Right. It's very important. We cannot skip over that. The origins of Mm -hmm. these these issues because Mm -hmm. yeah, we, we can't fix it if we don't know the origin of it or understand the origin. Right. Right. And, and knowing we're hardwired to go back to what's familiar and what keeps us safe, you know, it, we still will get frustrated when we go back to these habits we don't want, but slowly we build that compassion and understanding and the awareness like, okay, wait, I recognize this behavior. I don't want Mm -hmm. let's, you know, let's at least put on the yellow or the red brakes and course correct here. And, and that's one of the things that I do when I work with clients is, you know, I work with them and do a lot of coaching because, you know, the hypnotherapy is the meat of it, but coaching and I do energy work and I've just finished a medical intuitive program and um, I'm a theta healer as well. So there's many different modalities that use the subconscious and different healing to ensure it sticks because it's when you get out into the real world and you go home and you get triggered. Um, Our partners trigger us, our children trigger us, everybody triggers us, you know, and especially when you're going through healing, everything's very raw and we're feeling very vulnerable. And, um, and so that weekly touch point or a couple times a week with people um, becomes very, very valuable to say, all right, this is what's going on. 
let, let me give you these tools and, and allow you to see that you have every right to have these boundaries and, and what are you available for? And let's talk about the self-love and self-care and put some practices into place. Very good. That is all, that's the core of everything. Yeah. Everything yeah. springboards from that. And that's it. And, and, and these are the, um, these are the tools <clears throat> that children growing up in environments such as yours and mine, um, we were never taught, we were never shown, you know, oh, no. and so you get to be an adult and you don't have tools for living. You just don't have the right ones. So you yeah. flounder, you flap around, you'd make a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. And, um, and it's not really your fault. It's the lack of understanding that you don't possess these skills that you need to be an adult and thrive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I never saw a morning routine. I never oh. saw my mother exercise. I never saw my mother have boundaries or, uh, or any, of any of those things, right. um, I, didn't exist. So, um, so, you know, spent carving those things out and learning those things. I definitely had to, to build those muscles and it's still, honestly, it's still, this is in my body. Um, and it's still something I respect that I have to make familiar and, um, and being in that fight or flight mode is something I can very easily go back to if I'm not very mindful of. It's it's yes. something I'm very sensitive to, so. Right, uh, you know, and I'm glad that you brought that up because it really doesn't leave our bodies, mm -mm. okay? And so we have to understand that we will always have certain vulnerabilities, not to be embarrassed of them, yeah, but to honor them, respect them and not challenge them because certain vulnerabilities are just i mean i know i i suffer all the time with somatic issues yeah. that are unrelated to anything so and it's been my whole life and it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes and it's just like hello childhood yep. back you know we're here. <laughs> yeah. yep and i'm right. not laughing i'm i am understanding you yes it, right childhood yeah. here and i used to freak out over it and get really you know push back against it. Now I go, okay, you're here. Hello. We'll just ride with it. It'll be better tomorrow. But I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, and, you know, and the other thing that you said that I think is really good is that as we're correcting these things, um, it doesn't just change like that. But I think the goal is to be able to recognize when you're saying something that's not good for you or doing something that's not good for you just that recognition yeah the first time will become eventually become make it become natural and habit so yeah yeah and you know under helping people understand that it is in their body is is a, a new concept and and with boundaries you know one of the exercises i do with clients and we call it a pivot exercise is when, when they feel triggered, um, and, and this is something a coach taught me is that, you know, when we're born, we are, you know, we're all enough. You don't, uh, you know, yes, there are some things in, in, in the womb when our mothers are stressed and 
Um, I do a lot of past life regression. And so there's a lot of other thing components, but at the end of the day, there's not too many babies that are worried their thighs are fat or they have food <laughs> on their face or, you know, are self-conscious of those types of things. We, we get these things, right? Usually there's plenty in this life if we want to just focus right. on this life. Mm-hmm. And so we are, we, we have these jars, but what I was taught and, and I love transferring this to clients is we have a jar of approval, control, and safety. It's filled. Um, I believe it's our divine right. And we can focus on these. What happens with boundaries is when we loan those jars out to other people to try to make us feel better. So um, here's my jar of approval, kids, you know, boss, uh, partner, neighbor, um, you know, whoever. There's so many people we give them to, right, to make me feel good enough or um, to help me feel like I'm in control. And they don't want your jars. Um, they, they don't even know what to do with your jars. They're like, thanks, mom. Um, okay, this is a heavy load. I don't, I don't want them to have to be responsible for making my mother feel like a good mother or my, you know, it's, they have their own life, but we hand them out. And so when people are triggered, what, one of the things that we do is say, all right, because when you're triggered, you're up here and it's hard to calm down. And so if you can just close your eyes and just think of a moment in the last 24 hours where you felt, let's say approval is the issue. Say, think of a moment last 24 hours where you felt really loved and approved of. And maybe you have to go back a couple days of the street or um, I said hello to someone and I felt I felt a nice little exchange there. It doesn't have to be this you know profound moment, but it just brings you back to an energy and a vibration in your body where you can breathe and calm down and we get more of what we feel. So if we can just get there or think of a moment when you felt calm and in control. Yeah. Okay. Well, last night when I was getting into bed, brushing my teeth, I felt calm and in control. Okay. Think of it, get yourself back there and then breathe. And now think of the moment because when emotions are high, solutions are low, you're not going to solve anything. You're not going to have any boundaries, you know, just close up shop, but (laughs) when we can bring ourselves back to that moment and we can take our jars back and know that you're already approved of, you're already control, you know, in control, you already have what you need inside, then we can breathe and approach, you know, whatever it might be um, and take everything back. And it's, it's a pretty quick exercise, you know, and sometimes I'm like, I don't have a moment in the last 24 hours that I felt approved of. I got to go back a week. Um, but we usually can find it. And, and it's that, that book from Joe Dispenza, um, that I just love. It was, what was it? The, ha- uh, breaking the habit of being yourself. Mm. And it really explains, you know, where we get so frustrated, why we get triggered. And he, he explains how it's in your cells wow. and this, this little practice is, is how you can, you know, almost train your cells. Wow. What is the book called again? It's breaking the habit of being yourself. I like that. Okay. Yeah. And I recommend it to a lot of clients who, like you said, in the beginning, don't have any compassion for where they're at. They get annoyed and frustrated and we get, you know, why does this keep happening? And why do I keep feeling this way? Um, because it's in your body and, and, you know, and, and when we understand that and just start doing some somatic work too, you know, then, oh, okay. 
we can have a lot more compassion, right? Absolutely. So tell us about hypnotherapy. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid of it. Um, you know, there's the normal fears that you're going to take control of somebody's mind and start putting stuff in there that they don't want. And <laughs> that's so far from the truth, right? Mm -hmm. When I went to one of my first hypnotherapy meditations before I did this, I thought I was going to a normal meditation. I was in the back of the room and she said hypnotherapy meditation. And I wanted to bolt out of there because <laughs> I didn't know what it was. But um, so I get the I get the fear. But no, it's a, it's a place in our consciousness where uh, where we're very open to suggestions and it's a very natural state. So we do go there in and out of there actually all day long. So I I don't think I'm the only one that's you know driven home get in the driveway and say, I don't remember going through that stop sign or that light. Did right. I do it right? So our, our consciousness, it's a state of consciousness. And in hypnotherapy, we're just using methods to get you there, you know, faster than waiting until you daydream or waiting until you're watching TV and your mind is floating and, and, you know, daydreaming off. So, um, when you get into that consciousness, you're in a delta or theta brainwave, which is a brainwave that is, again, open to suggestions. It quiets our conscious logical mind. And it's a state, it's a conscious mind of our emotions, uh, our feeling mind instead of our logic mind. And it's 95% it's of what is running the show. Um, and to be able to access 95% of your power. It's how we feel about ourselves. It's how we feel about the world. And so when we logically will say, I don't know why I ate that. I don't know why I keep saying, yes, I don't want to go to that party. I'm exhausted. I don't know why I keep letting him talk to me that way. I have no, I, I, I let people treat me terrible. I don't know. I must, you know, I'm a terrible person or people walk all over me. They don't love me. No I'm one flawed. loves me. I'm, I'm just innately yeah. flawed. Yeah. I have a client the other day that said, I think I've just accepted that people are just mean. People are just mean because she has zero boundaries. So they just, <laughs> you know, all over her. I'm like, Okay, well, that's, you know, we'll start there. <laughs> we go and only go up from here. But when 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 we're working from just that 5% logic place when we can access our our these emotions and find out. So what we do is we just ask your mind these questions, what's the root cause and reason for this block for this and we go back to scenes and places um, whether it be in this life or another life, certainly not all my clients are, are interested or open to past life regression, but um, some are. And for those that are, that's, you know, an interesting journey. Um, and for those that aren't, it's, you know, it's just as a profound experience. So. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've tried past life regression um, a couple of times, maybe three times. Mm -hmm. um, and I just don't go anyplace. It's, I don't know. I don't know where it is, why I can't go there. Um, and even I, I even got a CD from Brian Weiss. Okay. Where you can practice. Yeah. You sort of condition yourself to do it. I don't go there and I can meditate. I have no problem with meditation, but hmm. yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It, what is, it is interesting. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say is um, it. So when I, have been under hypnosis, I don't feel like I'm altered, right? 
no you, you can talk just like this you 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 realize i mean you know something's different or that you're in a more relaxed state but you can think and you can yeah it, yeah mm -hmm. we're we're having a dialogue the entire time and that is that is different than what everyone expects um you're not you know they use the word trance which isn't my favorite because i mean who wants that sounds like you're a zombie walking around, you know, a trance like state. Um, I don't want to volunteer for that, <laughs> but you know, it's you're, you're um, you feel like you're in a meditative state, a relaxed state. You want to be in a relaxed state, but yes, we're talking the entire time. You can still hear the lawnmower. You can um, I've had even clients say, you know what? I got to use the restroom we'll go <laughs> use the restroom, come back and get you right back in. Um, and right. so, you know, you feel you're, it's a very natural state. So this isn't, this isn't something that you can stay stuck in, by the way, that's one thing that people think. And I think what's powerful about it is that once we find out what the blocks are, you know, that's just the first step. The other part is that we want to interrupt the thoughts. And in the hypnotherapy method that I use, we have many, many techniques where we will meet those parts of you and use techniques to upgrade. So whether it be you know, talking, doing a lot of inner child work, inner parent work, but then upgrading that child into your life now, installing that child, installing a cheerleader, installing a coach, installing, you know, something that whatever it is that that client needs, but upgrading them into your life now, showing them they don't live in that space anymore. That's not me anymore. Being very direct with that part of your mind that was then this is now and using very strong language because our mind responds to two things the words and pictures we use so we really have to be careful with how we talk to ourselves and the words and the pictures we use and the mind doesn't care if what you say to yourself is right or wrong or good or bad it is responding to every words and it also, your subconscious mind doesn't have any idea how old you are. It doesn't even care how old you are. So we really have to, to remember that it still might think you're five or 10 or 12 or 20 or, or one um, or, or not even born yet and can hearing things. So we have to consciously, this is the conscious part, you know, we, we give clients audio. I give a client an audio recording to listen to after the session that's customized based on what comes up for them. What do they need to hear and listen to that every day for at least three weeks to install new feelings and beliefs and emotions that, so they become familiar and their cells start to accept them and feel safe with them. So important. It is. That is very important. So, you know, it would seem like um, with hypnosis, hypnotherapy, you could sort of reach in and make the changes, but it's not a magic pill, right? I mean, it, it's, it's not a, a one and done kind of thing, right? No, no, it's not. It's um, it, it can be fast, but no. And there are some people that get great results after one session. Um, but I would say, you know, the average is three sessions. Um, and sometimes they need five and sometimes they need two. So, you know, somewhere in there, but no, no, I don't think anything is a magic pill. And if you have a lot of trauma, you're going to need more, right? You know, I need more. So, 
Um, right. you know, and I'll probably always need it. I had a lot of trauma. I had a, you know, I had, um, I grew up with an, uh, extremely narcissistic, abusive mother, and this is in my body. And like you said, it's, um, I don't resist that anymore. I, I embrace it with love and compassion and just yeah. know that, you know, Oh, I see you now. Okay. Uh-huh. Got to calm you down. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's real. This is such an important point. I'm gl- really glad that you reinforced that. Um, so, you know, and, and back to setting boundaries. So I think, you know, no two people are going to have the same boundaries because their perspective, um, what feels right to them, you know, what they desire, what they don't desire. Everybody's yeah. unique in this way. So there yes. is no one set of boundaries. So how do you recommend people define their boundaries? Well, I recommend that we we look at what what are the pound what are the patterns that they see and what's going on. Um and you know what what do you want? What's you know, what are the patterns? What are you seeing that is not you know, what's not making you happy? What's, what are you dissatisfied? And if you had what you want, what would your life look like? And it's so easy for people to say what they don't want, but it's, it's usually pretty hard for them to say what they want their life to feel like if I did have boundaries, but you know, we, I would have that conversation. Like, let's say you had these perfect boundaries. What would your life look like, feel like, be like, what would you do? That helps kind of figure out where, to me where they need to set these boundaries. If it's um, verbal boundaries, physical boundaries, just emotional boundaries, they need more self-care, a little bit more time out for themselves. They need to go to bed earlier. They need more nutrition and health. And, um, you know, I had a client yesterday and um, in the middle of the session, her, you know, this is hypnotherapy. You need privacy. Um, Her children came in at least five times and, um, and she had another adult in the house that knew that she was having a session. So, um, I said, I think, you know, think next time let's talk about boundaries, (laughs) pretty obvious. Um, and her health is not in good, in good health. And so, um, you know, we need to talk about why, why, um, you know, eating healthy is so hard and why you feel like it's not, um, possible for you to eat differently than your young children. What it's not, you know, they don't support me. They don't, they always want to go to fast food. Okay. Well, you know what, we can't control what they put in their mouth, but let's, you know, let's work on these. So yeah, it is so unique, but what kind of life do you want and what are the patterns and things going on in your life? So does that answer the question or? Yes, no, yeah. it absolutely does. You know, um, we need to know what we don't like. And before we set boundaries, we need to know what really bothers us. We need to know, and and you you presented the positive side of that. We need to know what we want, um, where we're going, how we see our future, and we also need to know what we don't like, because you know, when you've grown up in an abusive environment, emotionally or physically, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. you don't know what you like. You don't know what you don't, you don't like. <laughs> you just you accept don't. everything. You're like this open, you know, open book. Um, yeah. 
And you probably haven't experienced a lot of joy or even know how to do that. So, um, and I will say many, many times clients, you know, they will come with um, some sense of intuition. Like I, I feel insecure in relationships and I need some boundaries to speak up for myself. Um, But I'm thinking of one woman who recently said, you know, I just want to end this relationship now if it's not going to be the one I'm going to be with forever. I don't want to waste my time. And um, there's no point in it if it's not going to be, you know, forever. And they had really just been dating not a very long time. Um, And so, you know, I, I could sense that there was all right. I don't want to get hurt. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to even maybe get hurt. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we did some, you know, what are your needs? What, what are your, are we expressing our needs? And now I'm getting text messages that their love is blossoming and she's expressing her needs and he's expressing his needs and they have totally different love languages. And that scared her at first. And she did not want to express hers, but now she's expressing hers. She has boundaries about what she needs and she's allowed to need these things. And once she expressed them, he was happy to meet them. He wanted to meet them. He, she just, she didn't even know what they were much less. She didn't feel like she had the right to express them. And now, you know, she's growing and blossoming and, and she, this is blossoming into work. Um, she's having boundaries at work and not getting, um, she was having some people take some sales away in her territory. And she's, she said, well, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. And, you know, all these areas where usually we work on one thing and it's this beautiful ripple effect out into other areas of our life, because yeah you know, what we're available for, it just becomes, we start to stand taller and um, the boundaries start to ripple out into other areas, which is one of my favorite parts of this work. That's a great, that's a great story. Well, it's not a story. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's real. Um, Yeah. And and I can see where the ripple effect would happen. And when we do this, we really identify the people who are positive in our life and the people who are not. And when we haven't bound, have no boundaries, we're going to find that a lot of people in our life need to go. We sure do. Right. And so I always say, as you do this work, your circle is going to get very small. Yeah. Put up with a lot from a lot of people. And when you're determined not to do that anymore and to start to set boundaries, you're going to find everybody's not going to be appealing to you because they're... Mm -hmm their boundary crossers or button pushers or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love, I loved the, um, I just wanted to back up. I love the yeah. job thing that you were doing, you know, and you know, what people I think don't realize is when you're a giver, you've got to give from somewhere. <laughs> you've got to have some, a resource that refills. That's right. You're giving and you're exhausted. And this is what most people feel like. Oh, I give and I give and I give. I'm so tired. Nobody gives back. It's exhausting. You know, why am I the only person that gives? Because you're giving from a dry well. There's nothing here. You know, you need to get resentful. Yeah, you get resentful. You get angry at your children. You get angry at a lot of people and you don't even know why. And then you feel guilty. It's this cycle of, um, you know, filling your own cup. And, you know, I think one of the things that changed my life the most, and I, 
I do help clients implement this is a morning routine that fills their soul up. So whether it be journaling or praying or meditation, going on a walk, some quiet time, some introspective time, because typically if we're struggling with boundaries, we're struggling with self-esteem, which is the area I focus on, then we're not probably taking out any time for ourselves, And we're not reflecting on how we feel. We're worried about how everybody else is feeling or are we doing the right thing? And I've had remarkable things happen with clients just by them journaling and writing how they feel, starting with, I, you know, I, Randy, I, Christina feel blah, 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 because, um, and just starting just with that alone. Um, and, and if you even want to go beyond that, you can say just like when, and a lot of times you'll just like when, and you'll go right back to something much 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, but sometimes from week to week, a client will tell me, Oh, I solved that thing we were talking about. I was writing and I thought, I can't believe I'm letting this person talk to me like this. I've been writing and writing and realizing I'm not getting anything from this relationship. I'm like, bingo. <laughs> I, it wouldn't have been any good if I told them that they had right. to kind of come to it on their own. Yeah. But, um, you know, the point you make about the circle getting small, that morning routine and just being able to love on yourself gives you the confidence and the strength and the internal power when that happens, because that's not easy when people start to fall off and people do not like it when the energy between you changes, change period is uncomfortable mm -hmm. and the dynamic and the energy changes. Even when, even when some of those people will stick around, it's a, it's a, dynamic change. It's an energy change. It's who are you now? This is, this is a different sister. This is a different friend. This is a different brother, husband, mom, whoever it might be. This I'm a little bit of a different relationship has to happen and develop and grow. So there's a little bit of growing pains and kinks that have to be worked out. It's not all roses and rainbows at first. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that those growing pains, you have to really be solid to be able to to grow and accept that people will push back. Yes, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and, you know, I tell people when you're changing that you can actually tell people I'm working through something and I'm sort of changing my perspective here. Give yes. A little bit of fair warning because all of a sudden you're going to be like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Or, you know, that doesn't feel right. And they're going to be like, who is this person? <laughs> but I know in my own family, when I developed boundaries, everybody rejected me. They thought I was the meanest thing walking mm -hmm. this earth. And it ne that never changed. And I'm like, oh, well. Yes, yes. Not yeah, you're problem. right. You're right. You're right. It doesn't always change. That doesn't mean they come around. No, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Um, you know, when you said you can tell people, um, a coach, uh, uh, a spiritual teacher taught me this and it's, it's, it feels really good. And, and 
just energetically sometimes, but you can send an, a quote unquote energetic email out. And it's just this, you know, um, feeling right. That, okay, I'm going to tell the people in my life, this is, I'm changing. This is what I'm expecting. This is what I'm doing. And you kind of send this energetic email literally out and you'd be surprised at the things that it it's, um, it's like click send. I've done it. I'm, I'm it's official universe. Here I am. Um, and, and whether people respond or not, it's, it feels, it registers different in your system. It feels good. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's your, it's your, Universal announcement. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Um, and and you were talking about, you know, it, so people don't like change. And um, did you ever read The Dance of Anger? No. Okay. No, I'm going to write that down. The Dance of Anger. I read it so many years ago. It had such an influence on me. But the, the premise is that when you learn to dance with somebody, you eventually know each other's steps and you move together. When one person stops mm. dancing that way, the other person's stepping all over their toes, they don't know which way to go. Um, and that, you know, it, we have to give people a chance to adjust to our changes. They're not just going to accept it. And some people will accept it, many will not. Mm -hmm. um, but you draw a and this is not related to the book but you, you you draw a different element to you you draw real people to you people sure who do respect you and want to know you not use you yeah yeah and we do become that energetic match for for who we are and what we are and um you know marissa peer who um created the the hypnotherapy that i do she has this saying that we are the longest relationship that we'll ever be in is with ourselves. And, you know, we don't have to put makeup on for it. We don't have to pay for a date with ourselves. We don't have to do anything, but it's surprising if that's the longest relationship that we're in. It's surprising how, you know, do we write ourselves little love notes? Do we, um, what do we do for that longest relationship? You know, do we do enough bubble baths? Do we do enough naps? Do we go on walks? Do we, you know, really nurture and, and do what you would do to any valuable relationship? Um, it's a really good reminder. I like uh, that. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a great way to think of it. Mm -hmm. And then, and also, um, I just was writing notes. So you were talking about writing things down. It, that is so powerful. Um, you know, when you put it on paper, it changes, it helps you, like you say, it helps you see. Oh, it. yes. And yes. often it gets it off of your head when on the paper. And yeah, um, it's also a really good way to confront people that you cannot confront. Yeah, I can't say enough about journaling and writing. It's, it's my go to my number one healing, um, that I do and, and recommend. And, um, there's a book, I have it somewhere over here, something about how powerful and all the, these different stories about, um, the power of writing, but yeah. Um, writing letters, burning them, throwing them away, tearing them up, um, expressing, I mean, I have so many journals and 
if anyone ever read them, they would think I'm I'm pretty angry person. <laughs> but you know, it is honestly how I I express myself. I get things out. It's how I work things out. I also do and recommend a lot of scripting. So um, when people are facing difficult conversations or they want something wonderful to happen. Um, I have a young client who has recently um, lost all her hair, really no explanation. And she wanted to recently go to her senior prom. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, I suggested she script that out how, cause she was worried she's going to have a wig and put some eyelashes on in her dress. But she's, she's like, I don't want anyone to look at me weird and treat me differently. So I said, let's have you script out exactly how do you want people to look at you and how are you going to respond and what are you going to talk about and who are you going to dance with? And when you walk in, how do you want to feel and script the entire thing out? Like you're writing your own movie and just, just that visual, that visualization and the energy of that is so powerful. Um, I often, you know, as I go through things, if I even get nervous about doing podcasts, I'll script out how that's going to go. I mean, I speak fluidly and, and things, you know, come out and apparently I didn't do it before this one. No, <laughs> but, no, um, no, no, because we're off the cuff. We just, just um, that's how I do it. <laughs> but, um, you know, scripting's great, especially before difficult conversations or just, um, but journaling in general, writing in general, um, just gets it all out. It's really powerful. It is very, very powerful. Um, you know, um, yeah, we talked a lot. I'm looking at these, some of the topics that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, one of the things that's here is the epic since we have some time let's just kind of yeah through. yeah the epidemic of not enough mm. yeah that's social a big media one. is that social media <laughs> oh that's a huge contributor to the epidemic of not enough um you know i you can pick something i'm not enough i'm you know i don't make enough money i'm not skinny enough i'm not whatever enough and that also goes back to that fear of, of rejection or, um, and self-love, but really getting to the root of why we don't feel enough. And, um, oh, is that on my end or, oh, no, okay. Mine, there's oh. the lawnmower right oh. by the window. Okay. I see. I see. <laughs> it's, it's like a, like a magnet. A, it's a, a, I attract this. Okay. A boom. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not enough. It's, it, it's so big. I, it's like, where do I even start with it? Um, I would go as far as to say, I don't think I have any clients that don't struggle in some shape or form with I'm not enough. Um, and, and I'll throw myself in that category. Um, mm -hmm. when, when we live in a world where we're constantly compared to someone or something or where you should be, especially in having it you know, exacerbated in front of everybody on social media. Um, and I am finding this as I do, I am getting younger clients in their early twenties that really, really sh are struggling with this. Um, and this just adds to anxiety um, quite a bit, um, this feeling of 
you know, am I good enough? Am I, am I going to, you know, be what everybody else wants me to be? Um, it really just requires that we find out what is the root, what's going on and, and really have a lot of self-love and compassion and, um, and take the time that we need to fill our own cup up. Because as long as we are expecting other people to make us feel good, you're going to struggle with I'm not enough. As long as you allow people to take your power away. So it's it's really a, an act of um, taking action and taking power and deciding, you know, um, the word decide, I think the Latin root word was like to end. I, I love it because it's like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm deciding that I'm taking my power back and I'm good enough the way I am. Um, we're born enough. I have something unique. And um, a lot of the work I do is helping people remember and know that what makes them special and why they're here. And we all have something unique to offer. And, you know, shining light on that and that there's enough love and space and money and everything for everybody. Um, but the epidemic of I'm not enough needs to be taken very seriously and we will catch ourselves all day long, you know, spending too much money to buy something to make us, you know, feel better. And I just think whenever we're out there giving our power away like that, we just really need to just pause for a moment and make sure, all right, are we doing this for the right reasons with so many things to inject in our face and do? And um, it's it's just, okay, if that's really what you wanna do, fine, but are you doing it because you don't feel enough? Um, or for uh, there might be other reasons, but if we don't feel enough, let's go inside and find out why you don't feel enough. That's, that's great. This generation, this young generation is very confused. They're so, so confused. They don't, they're questioning their genders, they're, they're questioning their sexuality, mm -hmm. they don't know who they are, they don't feel good enough, they're comparing themselves to, to, you know, other people that they see. I know for myself, I do not, I have professional Facebook pages, I do not go on a friend page, because I know I can go from feeling great to feeling so inferior within yeah. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I'm not going to let that happen to me. It's so easy. Yeah. And um, I mean, we're all human and, you know, this, this thing is we need to ask ourselves: is what we're telling ourselves is that even true? Cause it's usually a lie. You know, it's, there's this book out there by Marissa Peer. It's like, tell yourself a better lie. Cause half this, most of the stuff that makes us feel terrible isn't even true. It's just not true. So if you're gonna lie, let tell yourself a better lie. Tell yourself you're fantastic and amazing and just go for it. And um, you know, our feelings are not necessarily true. Again, they don't know how old we are. We're not even in that place in our life anymore. We, we don't even live in that situation anymore. We're not in that circumstance anymore. Um, and so, you know, do the work to tell yourself the truth so that becomes familiar and our mind is programmed to lean toward the negative and also stay with what's familiar so if those things were familiar we and it it also is wired to lean you towards what it links to pleasure 
So we all think that happiness is pleasure, but that doesn't mean your mind links that to pleasure. So my mind linked being hypervigilance to pleasure because that's what kept me safe. Okay. Well, that's not pleasurable to be in a high state of hypervigilance where I'm on guard all the time, but that's what my body and my mind thought was pleasure safety. Okay. Wow. Well, I, I need to link something else to pleasure because that is not a, what my, I want my, my mind to think is, is, you know, a good thing. So be very mindful what you link to pleasure. That's so good. I just wrote that down because that, you know, I know people really struggle with that. They're like, why mm -hmm. do I keep going back to things that are so bad for me? Mm -hmm. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a really great explanation. And I also love tell yourself a better lie. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, Christina, where are you located? Um, I'm in Southern California. Most of my clients I see virtually all over the world. Okay. And um, my website is wisewoods.com. Um, Christina Woods and it's Wise Woods. And um, I have free free hypno meditations on there and things that people can get. And if they want to contact you, they can do it through your site? Yes, yes. Actually, they can even go to book.wisewoods.com. And I actually offer a free hour consultation um, for people because, you know, I feel hypnotherapy, like you mentioned in the very beginning, has just a lot of myths and um, confusing stories around it. And so I want to give people the opportunity if they want to ask questions and tell me a little bit about their story, we can figure out if this is a good method. And if it's not, we can, I can maybe give them recommendations for other healers or therapy type methods that might be better for them. When you do past life regression, um, are you doing that um, as a therapeutic tool? Definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, if someone comes to me and says, I just want to do a past life regression, um, my, the way I work is I really, I need to understand why, um, you know, if it's just for entertainment purposes, um, that's not really what I do. Um, you know, why, what, what's the point in your life? Why do you need to know what's going on? Um, what's the purpose? Where do you feel this will help you in your life? What, you know, what do you want to get out of it? Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I know I've got things there, but I just can't access it. For <laughs> we'll have to chat and see. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to chat. Yeah. I'll have to I'll get in touch with you and we'll see what the deal is, why I can't get there. Um, but anyway, oh, it's been so good to talk to you. I'm glad, oh, likewise. That, you know, we, we were thinking about maybe postponing this or, or doing another day because Christina thought she was going to have noise, but guess what? I had the noise. <laughs> <laughs> my lawn mower, my, my lawn guy is mowing the lawn right by my window. That's so funny. <laughs> Such is life, right? <laughs> so, um, thanks so much for being my guest. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.